truths this morning that you're going to walk away like, whoa, I've never heard that before. Pastor Josh is incredible, which is what you typically say after I preach, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's rather simple what I want to uh, share with you this morning. And uh, what I want to share uh, kind of uh, came from uh, something that was shared with us. We just, like, like, like I mentioned before, uh, we just came back from NYC. There were uh, 12 teens and myself and Cheryl Johnson. We went to Phoenix. And uh, in case you're not sure, Phoenix in July is hot. Like, it's hot. Like, your skin just melts when you walk outside. You can breathe because it's dry heat, but, but your skin melts. Um, so, you know, it's a give or take. You just got to decide which is better. Um, but when we were there, uh, there was a, a spoken word uh, artist named Amina Brown. Uh, she was sharing. She was actually at the last NYC and kind of shared a very similar thought, and it blew my mind. And, uh, and, and, and so uh, she, she mentioned it again this time, and it, and it, it stuck with me again. And so it kind of shaped what I want to share with you uh, this morning. Uh, Amina Brown talked about kind of the history of hip-hop. Now, how many of you are excited to learn about the history of hip-hop? I know. Yeah, it's great. It's great. No, you, you probably don't care, and that's okay, but I, I just want you to kind of follow me for just a minute because it sets up what I want to talk about. Uh, if you'll see up on the screen, there are uh, turntables, right? Uh, turntables that would play records, and, and so for some of you, you're like, okay, that's the way that we would get music. For others of you, like, this is just old-fashioned things that, that DJs use in hip-hop, and, and it's, it's a new... So, so we all have an understanding of what's going on here. So kind of the history of hip-hop and turntables in hip-hop is that DJs uh, would be playing music for kind of like a party, and, and they would be playing the music on the turntable. And in the midst of these songs on the turntable, there are, in, in, in most songs, there are musical breaks. Like there's a break in the, in the lyrics where it's just music. And what the DJs kind of discovered was that they could, with the, uh, with the, the record player, you can't do this really on a, on a CD or, or a cassette tape, but on a record player, they could manipulate the record during those, um, during those musical breaks to kind of make the breaks longer, to kind of, to kind of uh, rewind a little bit and replay and fast forward, and they would manipulate these musical breaks. And in the midst of these musical breaks, uh, the people at the party uh, would, would use their creativity to kind of dance, to create a dance in the middle of this musical break. It's where the term break dancing comes from, uh, because it happened in the middle of the break, the musical break. Now, something else that was discovered was that if we not only have one turntable that is playing a record and a song that has musical breaks, but if we add a second turntable that is spinning the record and playing, if we take the break from one song and intersect it with the break of another song, then it adds this whole new dimension to the music. And so what DJs would do is they would manipulate the, the one record during the musical break, find the musical break in the other record, and they would mix them together to create this beautiful new creation that gave this opportunity for new creativity and dancing in this whole new genre of music, and that's how hip-hop began. The mixing of one musical break 
with another musical break, when these two breaks would intersect and these breaks would create something beautiful and something new. That's how hip-hop was created. I know. Your mind is blown as well, right? Just in case you're, in case you're curious, there is a, a documentary on Netflix, uh, Hip Hop Evolution, I believe is what it's called. Is that right, Chris? Okay. So just in case you wanted to learn more about hip hop, it's out there on Netflix. You can learn. But as, as Amina was talking about this and kind of giving this history, what, what immediately popped in my mind was what happens when God intersects the lives of humans? Like, the, the, you know, they're making the, the two musical breaks intersect with each other and it creates something new and fun and exciting. What happens when, when, when our lives intersect with Jesus? What happens? I want to read uh, from Luke chapter 10, just a really brief uh, story, and I guarantee that you know the story. So uh, if you don't, want to, you don't want to flip over there, that's fine. I just want to kind of give this as our starting point. <clears throat> this is the story of Jesus at the home of Mary and Martha. Luke chapter 10, starting verse 38 says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. This is the story of Mary and Martha in a time where their lives intersected the life of Jesus. They had an encounter with Christ. And there's some things that I want to make note of from this story, but before I do that, I want to uh, kind of remind ourselves just, just by looking briefly at some other situations, some other stories from Scripture where people, where humans intersected with Christ, where their lives intersected with the life of Christ. In Luke chapter 8, if you will remember, there was a demon-possessed man. Now this wasn't just any demon-possessed man. This guy was, he was just crazy. Scripture says that he didn't live in a house. He lived in the tombs where the dead people lived. Not only did he live in the tombs where the dead people lived, but he, uh, he, he ran around naked. Right, like he didn't wear clothes. He ran around uh, amongst the dead. He lived amongst the dead. Uh, scripture also describes that that they tried to shackle him, and he just broke free of the chains. Like this guy was a little bit crazy. We we see we remember that that Jesus made it a point to enter into the, the to the land where this guy was. He, he made it a point to intentionally make his life intersect with the life of the demon-possessed man. When this demon-possessed man encounters Christ, everything changes. Everything changes. When this man's life intersects with Jesus, it disrupted life as we knew it. It disrupted life as he, it it didn't just disrupt his life. He was set free from the demons. But do you remember what Jesus did with the demons? 
He cast them into a herd of pigs. And what did the pigs do? They ran off the cliff. Now, for some of us, it's like, oh, they're just pigs. Like, it's fine. It'd be like if squirrels just jumped off the cliff. That's fine. But we have to remember that this was the livelihood of the people in the town. Their swine had just jumped off the cliff and it was no more. And so it disrupted the life of the community. They were mad at Jesus. They were mad at Jesus and said, Jesus, you got to get out of here. And you remember the, 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 the man who, uh, who was set free from the demons? He wanted to go with Jesus and Jesus said, no, you just need to go back. And what did the man do? He went and told his story. The encounter with Jesus transformed this guy's life but it also changed the lives of those around him because his life intersected with the life of Jesus. In John chapter 4, there's the familiar story of Jesus meeting with the woman at the well. Jesus goes and, and asks her for, for a drink, and, 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 and there's this interaction about Jesus being uh, the, the living water, and if she drank from this living water, then she would thirst no more. And it's this fascinating interaction between Jesus and this woman where their lives intersect, and Jesus has compassion on her and talks to her and tells her to go and leave her old life, and she goes and leaves her old life, but what does she do? She goes back to her town and she spreads the word of Jesus. She talks about what Jesus has done for her and she talks about this man named Jesus that her life had intersected with and it changed that community. Think of the cultural norms that were flipped upside down because one woman's life intersected with the life of Jesus. For them to even be in communication was flipping upside down the cultural norms. For her then to go back and talk to her entire community and change lives in the community was to go against the cultural norms because her life had intersected with the life of Jesus. Mark chapter 5 is another well-known, uh, a well-known intersection of, of human lives and Jesus. Jesus is, uh, Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. Jairus is a very important guy, and he's on his way to heal his daughter at, at Jairus' home. And in the midst of the crowd, this woman touches uh, his garment to be healed. This is a woman who had, been, who had a, a, an issue of bleeding for 12 years, and she reaches out and touches Jesus just to be healed. And Jesus rather than just allowing her to touch his garment and go on her way, stops everything and says, who touched me? And the disciples are kind of uh, ridiculing it. Like, Jesus, come on, Like, do you see all of these people? Obviously, everybody is touching you because it's jammed, packed in here. This is the way that it was at NYC when 8,000 people were trying to get out of Talking Stick Resort Arena, and you couldn't breathe, right? Like, who's touching me? 8,000 other people are touching me. Come on, Jesus, what do you mean, who's touching you? And Jesus says, no, this was different. Like, I felt the power leave from me what happened? Who was it? And the woman, in her, I'm sure, shame and embarrassment and, and timid time, she says, it was, it was me. And Jesus says, tell me, about, tell me your story. I love the way Mark puts it. Mark says that Jesus heard her entire story. 
Like he didn't just heal her and say, go on your way. Jesus listened to her entire story. And in a beautiful moment, one simple word that is listed in the, in the scripture here, Jesus calls her daughter. Daughter, a woman who no doubt had been outcast from society because of her bleeding issues, had no doubt been outcast from her family, was an outsider, a loner who had spent all of her money on doctors trying to, to fix this issue, a, a woman with lots of issues behind just the bleeding issue. When her life intersected with Jesus, Jesus reminded her of her real identity. It says, daughter, your faith has made you whole, heals the entire person, reminds her of her true identity, and that changes everything. One more quick story of, of Jesus' life intersecting the lives of humans is in Luke chapter 19. Uh, we sing a song about this, and this is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, the wee little man, but the wee little man wasn't just a wee little man. He was, he was a chief tax collector. Like He had weaseled his way up to the top of the tax collectors so that he could, uh, he could, he could make lots of money, not in an honest uh, way, right? He, he took money from the people. He had, he had made his way up to be this chief tax collector, and he heard about Jesus coming here, and so him being a, a short-statured man climbed up a tree so that he could just get a glimpse of Jesus and see what was going on, and as Jesus, Jesus's life intersects with the life of Zacchaeus, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, calls him by name, by the way, calls him Zacchaeus, come down from that tree we're going to go eat dinner at your house tonight. And so Zacchaeus climbs down the tree and, and goes uh, with Jesus to his house. And in Scripture, without Jesus even saying a word, Zacchaeus has a complete change of mind about what he had been doing. We call that repentance. Repentance. Without Jesus even saying a word, simply Jesus' life intersecting Zacchaeus' life. Zacchaeus changes his mind. He goes from greed and dishonesty to generosity and justice. He suddenly has the desire to make right that which was wrong. He had cheated people out of money, and because of his interaction, his life intersecting with the life of Jesus had a complete change of mind and made things right. This is what happens when our lives intersect with the life of Jesus. Things are forever changed. This is just a, a small sampling of the many encounters uh, throughout Scripture of people's lives intersecting the life of Jesus, and everything changes. But back to Mary and Martha, uh, here's what I noticed. As I was reading through this Scripture and thinking about this idea of Jesus' life intersecting with the life of His people, this is what I noticed. Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up at the house of Mary and Martha. Jesus showed up where the crazy naked man lived among the dead. Jesus showed up where the bleeding woman was. He showed up 
where Zacchaeus was. That's what Jesus does. Jesus shows up. The story of of Mary and Martha shows us, though, the contrast of our responses when Jesus shows up. One was distracted. One was too busy doing things. Too many other things on her mind. Now, they were good things, mind you. Like, she was doing what she was supposed to be doing. She was preparing for the guest of the hour. She was doing good things. But not the best thing. On the other hand, the other one, when Jesus shows up, takes time to notice Jesus. Takes time to acknowledge Jesus. Allows herself to have an encounter with Christ. Allows her life to intersect with the life of Jesus. And Jesus declares this to be good. To be the right thing. Jesus always shows up. Jesus shows up. That's what he does. That's who he is. The, the kind of the mitigating factor in all of this is what we do when Jesus shows up. The difference isn't whether or not Jesus is going to show up. The difference is what do we do when Jesus shows up. I wonder when was the last time that you allowed yourself to have an encounter with Christ? When was the last time that you allowed your life to intersect with the life of Jesus? Because I promise you it's not about when was the last time that Jesus showed up. But when was the last time that you allowed yourself to acknowledge and notice when Jesus shows up? As we were preparing to leave for NYC uh, last week, a week and a half ago, I challenged our teens to pray a very simple prayer, and then I challenged you as the church to join us in this prayer. I challenged our teens to pray that we would have open eyes, open ears, and open hearts. Because we were preparing to go to NYC, this, this uh, every four-year event where Nazarene teens have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go gather together as 8,000 uh, Nazarene teenagers and, and sponsors and, and encounter Christ. And as I was praying for this, I had this realization that I don't need to pray that Jesus is going to show up there. Because that's what Jesus does as he shows up. I've been to enough of them and I've been to enough other events that I know that Jesus shows up. The question is, will we allow ourselves to encounter Christ? So I encourage them to have open eyes, open ears, open hearts to encounter the Jesus that shows up. And I am proud to tell you that we encountered Christ at NYC. I'm excited in the, in the very near future to have our teens kind of share with you about their encounters with Christ at NYC. But let me tell you that we encountered Christ in, in joining together as 8,000 voices singing to our Creator. We encountered Christ in the words of poetry that were spoken. We encountered Christ through the dynamic teaching, through the visual arts, through the performing arts, 
through packing, through our district, packing enough meals to feed 251 kids for an entire year. And perhaps the most unexpected encounter with Christ for me was what we did after the conference. And you're seeing some of the pictures of it. That together we joined together as 8,000 people to worship through song and teaching and preaching and, and arts and poetry, this creator God that we've surrendered our lives to. And then we got to go see his creation. We saw the Grand Canyon and the, and the, the Antelope Canyon and we, we took Jeep tours through Sedona and I couldn't help but just stand and worship as I was looking at, at God's creation. And of course, pictures on a, on a projector screen don't do it justice, but we encountered Christ through his creation. As he always does, God showed up. And we encountered Christ. And I believe that lives were changed because of it. There's one, one thing that's been sticking in my mind as I've kind of reflected on our experience at NYC and preparing this sermon and thinking about the story of, of Mary and Martha is this, I believe that as we mature in our faith, the way that we encounter Christ changes. And the best way that I can kind of set this up is to tell you uh, about, about a time about three or four years ago when I took Jensen to Cedar Point for the first time. Now, before kids, I was, I like roller coasters. I like riding the rides. Like, I, I like to have fun. And so when I would go to Cedar Point, it was all about, okay, which roller coasters can we get on? Uh, which ones can I get to the fastest? And I'm going to have a really good time. When we got there with Jensen, my perspective very quickly changed <laughs> because Jensen can't ride the top thrill dragster with me. <laughs> he just couldn't do it. My perspective very quickly changed to this. My fun and my enjoyment is now in watching my kids have fun and enjoy life. And if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's no longer about what I want to do and the, the fun that I want to have, but my fun and my enjoyment comes from watching my kids have fun and enjoy life. And as I was reflecting on that in our, our time at NYC, uh, and I was, I was reflecting on this, this, this idea of uh, the story of Mary and Martha, I think that as we mature, one of the most significant ways that we can encounter Christ is by watching those who are coming after us encounter Christ themselves. That the most significant encounters with Christ that I have now is when I watch my teens encounter Christ. And you hear Pastor Paul all the time talk about when he's standing up here uh, administering communion, and he just watches, and I love it because when I get to do it, it's incredible too. My encounter with Christ is watching other people encounter Christ, and that leads to an encounter with Christ for me. At NYC, the messages weren't geared toward me. I'm an old 33-year-old guy. Like, they weren't geared toward me. The music, it, honestly, it wasn't my cup of tea. It was a little crazy for me. But watching my teens encounter Christ is not something that I will quickly forget. Watching them encounter 
Christ led to my own personal encounter with Christ. What about you? When was the last time you let yourself encounter Christ? When was the last time that you set aside your desires so that someone else could encounter Christ? And in doing so, encountered Christ yourself. When I think about the story of Mary and Martha. I think about, I, I, I envision this, and this is probably some creative liberties that I, that I, that I, that I take, but when, when Martha saw Mary encountering Christ, her reaction was to, to say, man, I need help in here. Like, come on, I need help. What if instead her reaction was to see Mary encountering Christ? And because she saw Mary encountering Christ, she allowed herself to encounter Christ. I wonder how church might be different if our number one priority was helping other people experience Christ. I wonder what that would do. We're just going to end by two minutes of quiet reflection. When was the last time you let yourself encounter Christ? When was the last time you encountered Christ because you saw someone else encounter Christ?